Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, my name is Grant and I'll be the conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Lucara Diamond 2021 Quarter 3 Results Conference Call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number 1 on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press the pound key. Thank you, Ms. Ira Thomas. You may begin your conference. Thank you, Grant. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining Lucara's third quarter results call. Joining me from management today is Zara Bolt, CFO, Dr. John Armstrong, VP Technical Services, and Aisha Hira, VP Corporate Development and Strategy. I will be making forward-looking statements. So I do encourage uh, everyone to review our cautionary statement, which is uh, available on our website um, and on slide two. Lucara is very pleased to be reporting a strong third quarter on all fronts, with Kuroi continuing to deliver safe, reliable production under our continuing COVID protocols. We achieved just under $73 million in revenue for the quarter, a 57% increase quarter over quarter, and achieved an average price per carat of $619. Total operating cash costs are also tracking well, and we achieved adjusted EBITDA of $36.8 million and an operating margin of 68%. Specials, or diamonds greater than 10.8 carats, accounted for an impressive 7.9 weight percent of production, including three diamonds over 300 carats, three diamonds over 200 carats, and three between 100 and 200 carats. Another highlight in respect of diamond recoveries in Q3 was the recovery of four pink diamonds, ranging from five to close to 63 carats in size. Healthy diamond sales results were also achieved through all three of our sales channels, including Tenders, Clara, and HB, reflecting the continued strength of the overall diamond market and a better outlook for diamonds based on improving supply and demand fundamentals. Though the majority of our revenue continues to be generated from sales of polished diamonds through HB, Clara also had a strong quarter, completing four sales during the period achieving a 136% increase in volumes compared with the same quarter last year and observed strong pricing as well. Another highlight for the quarter was the significant process made on our underground expansion project. Following the completion of our supplemental financing package, board sanction and the first drawdown under the project facility loan in September, the underground project really shifted into high gear with the commencement of pre-shaft sinking activities at site. Finally, in respect of the balance sheet, we ended the quarter in a positive cash position and continue to have good access to liquidity. 
Caroe continues to operate under strict COVID protocols, but we are pleased and relieved to be reporting that vaccine availability in Botswana has improved during the quarter, and we are now expecting our entire workforce to have been fully vaccinated with two doses of the vaccine before the end of November. As I mentioned in my opening comments, the underground project is now in full swing and we are tracking well against the budget and plan with $32 million invested in the quarter and $64.6 million year to date against a planned total spend of up to $120 million. UMS, our precinct contractor, has now been fully mobilized to site and has begun pre-shaft sinking activities on both the ventilation and production shafts. Other highlights include 500,000 hours worked without a lost time injury and solid progress in respect of the civil works, temporary power installation and camp construction. The plan for Q4 is to complete the precinct to plan depths of around 50 meters for both shafts clearing and advancing tower foundations for the new power line, the completion of shaft and ventilation engineering, and the commission of our temporary power generator farm. The strong resource performance observed in Q2 continued into Q3 with specials accounting for close to eight weight percent of our production. Year to date, Peroi has delivered an impressive 30 diamonds greater than 100 carats in size, including three diamonds greater than 300 carats, three diamonds greater than 400 carats, and two diamonds greater than 500 carats, including the 1174, which was our third diamond recovered greater than 1,000 carats in the history of the mine. As we reiterate in each quarter, the consistent recovery of specials remains the key value driver for Lucara, accounting for close to 70% of our revenue on a regular basis. Strong demand, primarily out of the US, combined with high luxury goods spending globally and declining global rough diamond supply, continues to support a strong, stable, and balanced diamond market. As a result, our outlook remains positive on prices and underpins our confidence in investing in our business to extend the mine life at Kuroi out until at least 2040 through our underground expansion project. Lucara's approach to sales has evolved from a single tender or auction style platform to an optimized multi-channel approach with the aim of creating better alignment along the value chain and increasing margin capture downstream. As a result, we continue to tender our smaller and lower quality uh, goods and have migrated our better quality 1 to 10.8 carat diamonds into sales through Clara, our secure web-based digital marketplace. And then our higher quality plus 10.8 carat diamonds are being sold as polished exclusively through our novel committed supply agreement with HB. In addition, we have forged two collaboration agreements with HB and LV in respect of our uh, two of our exceptional diamond recoveries, namely the Sewello and the Setunia, with the purpose of creating made-to-order jewelry collections targeting LV's global customer base. Lucara is entitled to receive payment for diamonds created from the Setunia 
no later than December of this year. Under our supply agreement with HB, Lucara's plus 10.8 carat diamond production is being sold at prices based on the estimated polished outcome that each diamond determined through state-of-the-art scanning and planning technology with a true up amount payable to Lucara on actual achieved polish sales in excess of the initial estimated polish price, less a fee and the cost of manufacturing. The plus 10.8 carat diamonds of poorer quality are sold as rough parcels and do not enter the polishing pipeline at HB. Sales continue to ramp up during the period and we are beginning to see the benefits of this arrangement, which provides transparent pricing uh, on committed terms and is continuing to deliver regular cash flow at what we believe will be superior prices for this important segment of our production profile. In Q1, the company recorded revenue of $50.5 million from the HB sales agreements, including top-up payments. Clara, Lucara's 100% owned proprietary secure web-based digital sales platform, continues to gain scale and interest. In the third quarter, four sales took place with a total sales volume transacted of $6.6 million, which is a 136% increase from the $2.8 million transacted in Q3 of 2020. Clara also observed a steady upward price trend at each subsequent sale throughout the period. The number of buyers on the platform has now increased to 87 from 84, with the company maintaining a waiting and active waiting list uh, to manage supply and demand. Platform trials and discussions continued through the quarter, and we are uh, and are ongoing with third parties to help build third-party supply, which also has been steadily increasing uh, throughout the period. Interest in Clara has grown considerably since 2020, sparked by global restrictions on travel combined with a new openness to purchasing rough diamonds in an innovative way. I'd now like to turn it over to Zara, who will take us through some financial highlights for the quarter. Thanks very much, Ira. Good morning and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to our third quarter earnings call. Just a quick reminder that I will be making some forward-looking statements, so please refer to slide two of today's presentation for our cautionary statement. Also, certain financial measures that I will refer to during today's call and which appear in the presentation are non-IFRS financial performance measures. These include adjusted EBITDA, operating cash flow per share, operating costs per carat sold, and operating costs per ton of ore processed. Please refer to our MD&A for details on how these measures are calculated. As a reminder, all references are to US dollars unless otherwise stated. So let's begin with the financial highlights from the third quarter. Total revenue of 72.7 million was recognized in the third quarter, resulting in an average price per carat sold of $619. This compares to total revenue of 41.3 million in the same period last year, where the average price per carat sold was $365. The significant increase in revenue this quarter is attributable to a higher portion of specials recovered and sold, combined with higher overall diamond prices and incremental top-up payments received from Polish sales under the HB agreement. The company recorded net income of 12.8 million in the third quarter, 
or earnings per share of three cents as compared to a net loss of 5.4 million in the same quarter last year or a loss per share of one cent. We did see about a 7% increase in operating expenses this quarter as compared to last year, resulting from a combination of higher power, labor, and insurance costs. Adjusted EBITDA was 36.8 million as compared to adjusted EBITDA of 9.9 million for the same period in 2020, with the improvement also attributable to significantly higher revenue as compared to Q3 2020. Cash flow from operations was $0.08 cents per share this quarter as compared to $0.03 cents per share uh, in Q3 2020. We ended the quarter with $26.6 million in cash, $30 million drawn on the working capital facility, uh, that's down from $50 million at the second quarter, and $25 million drawn from the new project loan for the Kuroi Underground Expansion. Moving now to look at results for the nine months periods ending September 30th, Continuing the trend we observed in the second quarter this year, year-to-date revenue is more than double the revenue earned in the same nine-month period in 2020, totaling $172.1 million as compared to $82.9 million for the nine months ended September 30, 2020. As noted previously, this strong performance year-to-date is reflective of a much better price environment, a higher proportion of specials recovered and sold, and incremental top-up payments from the sale of polished stones under the HB sales agreement. These strong results can also be observed in an average price per carat sold of $619 versus an average price per carat sold of $309 for the nine months ended September 30, 2020. Higher revenues had the most significant impact on the improvement to adjusted EBITDA, which was $81.4 million year-to-date, as compared to 8.1 million for this same period last year. Kuroi's year-to-date operating cash cost was $29.36 per ton of ore processed. This is in line with our expectation of between $28 and $32 per ton of ore processed, and approximately 9% higher than the same period in 2020, which was $26.92 per ton of ore processed. The current period increase is reflective of cost reductions implemented in 2020 owing to the uncertainty of the impact of the global pandemic that have been lifted in 2021. Net income of $22.2 million for the nine months ended September 30, 2021 compares to a net loss of $22.4 million in the same nine-month period in 2020, again driven by significantly higher revenues in the current year. Operating cash flow per share was $0.19 on a year-to-date basis as compared to $0.03 per share for the same period last year. Moving now to our operational highlights for the third quarter. Operations in the third quarter were consistent with expectations, although the split between ore and waste tons mined continued to be more heavily weighted to ore tons mined. This was done to enable destacking of benches in the northern part of the pit which has allowed us to maintain operational flexibility in the pit this year. Reduced waste mining is not expected to have an impact on our ability to access ore in line with the mine plan. Some highlights from the third quarter for the Kuroi mine included a total of 1.3 million tons of ore and about 600,000 tons of waste mined. This compares to about 678,000 tons of ore and 436 thousand tons of waste mined in Q3 2020. During the third quarter, almost 739,000 tons of ore, which was entirely from the south lobe, 
were processed at an average grade of 13.2 carats per 100 tons, and just over 97,000 carats were recovered. This compares to 646,000 tons of ore processed at an average grade of 13.8 CPHT, and almost 89,000 carats were covered in Q3 2020. 212 specials, uh, which are diamonds greater than 10.8 carats in size, were recovered from direct milling during the third quarter, representing 7.9 weight percent of total direct milling recovered carats, which again is a strong production quarter in terms of the volume of specials recovered. The same quarter last year was 6.5 weight percent. IRA has already spoken previously to the number of diamonds greater than 100 carats recovered during the quarter. Carats sold totaled just over 117,000, which is about 4% higher than the almost 113,000 carats sold in Q3 2020. The operating cost per carat sold was $198 a carat, resulting in an operating margin of about $421 a carat sold, or 68%. Consistent with our previous quarterly results this year, and more typical of our high margin operating history, which, apart from 2020, has been fairly consistent over the life of the mine. Moving now to our year-to-date operational highlights. On a year-to-date basis, the Crowey Mine continues to perform well with strong results and an excellent safety record. Highlights for the nine months ended September 30th, 2021 include total of 3.4 million tons of ore and about 2.1 million tons of waste mined, This compares to about 2.2 million tons of ore and 2.2 million tons of waste mined in 2020. Approximately 2.1 million tons of ore was processed at an average grade of 13 CPHT, and about 279,000 carats were recovered. This compares to 2 million tons of ore processed at an average grade of 14.1 CPHT, and about 282,000 carats recovered for the nine months ended September 30, 2020. Year-to-date, we've sold almost 278,000 carats, as compared to 268,000 carats sold in 2020. The operating cost per carat sold was $208, resulting in an operating margin of $410 per carat sold, or 66%. This compares to an operating cost per carat sold of $190 a carat in 2020, and an operating margin of $119 per carat sold, or 39% in 2020. Slide 16 sets out how we sell our diamonds through different sales channel, through three different sales channels. During the third quarter, we sold 117,459 carats at an average price of $619 a carat, generating revenues of 72.7 million. Revenues from the sale of specials plus 10.8 carat diamonds to HB were 50.5 million in the third quarter and represent almost 70% of the total revenue recognized in the third quarter. We continue to see a steady flow of the higher value polished stones being sold, which combined with a recent strong production run, higher diamond prices overall, and incremental top-up payments has had a positive impact on the average price achieved of $8,066 in Q3 2021. Shipments continue to be delivered to HB about twice a month, and with continuous improvements made by HB in the manufacturing process, we are continuing to see a reduction in the length of time that it takes to analyze and manufacture the less complicated plus 10.8 carat stones we've delivered. 
our receivable balance with HB increased to almost $40 million at the quarter end, up from about $23 million as of June 30th and $13 million at the year end. This results from the combination of the timing of deliveries to HB, improvements in their manufacturing processes, and to the higher value of the production delivered following a very strong quarter of recoveries. There are no collectability issues with this receivable. Clara is our proprietary secure web-based digital sales platform for rough diamonds between one and 15 carats that meets specific criteria. The value of the rough diamonds transacted through the Clara platform in Q3 2021 was 6.6 .6 million over four sales. We sold almost 3,500 carats at $1,906 a carat. Sales volumes in the current quarter increased 136% from the 2.8 million transacted in Q3 2020. Uh, the balance of our production is sold through a quarterly tender process. Due to the state of emergency in Botswana that was in place until just recently, as well as pandemic-related travel restrictions, all tenders since June of 2020 have been held in Antwerp rather than in Haberoni. The diamonds sold through tender represent the largest volume but lowest value portion of our production. We sold 107,709 carats at the third quarter tender, achieving an average price of $136 a carat for those diamonds less than 10.8 carats in weight and an average price of $145 a carat when the plus 10.8 carat stones which didn't enter the polishing pipeline at HB are included. Moving now to look at our guidance for the remainder of the year. Following our strong performance year to date and our expectation that the market will continue to perform well, we have increased the lower end of our guidance and revised the range to, between, to be between 195 and 210 million for the year. Previously in the second quarter, we adjusted the split between ore and waste mining. The balance of our 2021 guidance remains unchanged. We expect to spend up to 120 million on the underground expansion this year, having spent almost 65 million year to date. That concludes the formal portion of our earnings call today. Thank you for listening in. At this time, I'll turn the floor back to Grant, the operator, and we will be pleased to take any questions you may have. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order that they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press the star followed by the two. If you're using a speaker phone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Your first question comes from Scott McDonald from Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning or uh, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for uh, the update and congrats on uh, another good quarter. Um, I just had a few um, quick questions for you on, the, on your sales and then I also just wanted to talk to you a little bit about costs and had one question on Clara. Um, just on the uh, HB top-up payments, uh, could, could you tell us how much uh, they were this quarter? Just about $3 million, Scott. Okay, thank you. And I think I saw in your release that you expect the top-ups to sort of not be as significant going forward as they, they sort of calibrate the sales process at HB. 
Yeah, that's correct. I think you'll remember in um, April of this year, we signed an extension uh, to the HB agreement and a couple of the terms um, within the agreement were changed. As a result, we are getting uh, more cash up front. And so we expect that over time um, that that will even out, uh, reducing the influence of the top up payments as we move forward. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, I was wondering if you could give any any thoughts or any guidance on your expectations for the initial proceeds from the Satunia sale. That's, uh, I believe that will happen this quarter. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Scott, in the in the sense, well, what are we going to spend? Uh, the, the, the quantum, <laughs> sort of the the quantum oh, of the, quantum. Uh, the proceeds. Yes. No, we're not we're not able to get, provide that to you just just yet, um, Scott. Where uh, obviously that is a subject of um, one of our collaboration agreements. HB is is required to pay for that diamond by the end of the year. Um, and we're not uh, in a position to to give you that number at this at this point. Okay. So the the reason I asked is I guess um, just looking at your revised sales guidance, you moved up the lower end of the range, but not to not the top end of the range. And uh, it's sort of even using the top end of the range. Uh, unless uh, you know, by my math, it looks like sort of implies that Q4 will be the lowest uh, sales quarter of the year even though you're expecting to get some Satunia proceeds. So I'm just wondering if there was a reason for that or uh, perhaps the Satunia proceeds aren't going to be that significant up front or if you're just being very conservative in that guidance. Zara, do you want to start and then I can jump in? Certainly. Um, Scott, I think from our perspective, we're obviously tracking well towards um, our original guidance, and as a result, we've increased the lower end of that range. Uh, we continue to believe that the market will remain in a strong position through the holiday period and into 2022. Um, our fourth quarter results are not solely based on the diamond prices, but also the quality of the diamonds that are recovered and the timing of planning and sales under the HB supply agreement. Um, we haven't yet seen the results of the Satunia, um, so we're pretty comfortable with keeping our current guidance where it is. Um, but given our expectations that the market continues to perform well, we have increased the lower end of that guidance. Thank you. Um, sorry, you just moving on to the costs, if I may. Um, sorry, you mentioned you're seeing some inflationary pressure on power, labor, and, and insurance. Um, can you sort of give like a, a rough indication of what the impact of this might be on your on your 2022 operating costs looking forward? Like a, a lot of um, other miners in the industry have sort of talked about inflation in the ballpark of around five percent. Um, is that uh, about the right area that you're seeing as well? 
Yeah, I I think so, Scott. I mean, I I think in Botswana, uh, like in many countries around the world during 2021, we've seen a bit of a spike as as the economies start to recover um, from the effects of the pandemic, and it it's it's lessening again. The the long term forecast for Botswana on on average is about five uh, to six percent next year, and so that is will will be what we anticipate using. Um, for most of our increases, um, we are seeing pressure on fuel. Um, so I think the increase on um, that particular commodity is likely to be higher, probably um, closer to, to 15 or 20 percent. Uh, power is likely to be in the range of about 10 percent. Um, and then labor usually tracks fairly well with, with CPI. So those are, are kind of preliminary um, estimates right now. We, we should be able to give a bit more color uh, when we um, when we announce our 22 guidance in uh, in the next little while. Thank you. Okay, that's perfect, thank you. Um, and then maybe just one uh, last one for Ira, if I may. Um, could you give any sort of commentary on, uh, with regards to Clara, what what the, the, the critical path to getting more third-party production um, on, the, on the platform would be, like sort of what the, the sticking points are for the other suppliers on on what they need to see to start putting more volume on. Yeah, listen, I think we're we're we our approach uh, in the last couple of quarters is 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 shifted a little bit. We are seeing a, a lot of interest um, from some of our current buyers in in and also coming onto the platform as sellers of of third party supply or secondary market goods. So we have seen a steady increase in, in that area, Scott. I think uh, we continue to engage with um, primary producers as well. And, you know, I know we say this every every quarter, but those discussions are coming along. I think it's, it's really just been about um, the recovery. You know, a lot of our peer group of producers have, have kind of come through a very difficult period. Diamond prices are, are now much stronger and they're able to monetize and sell. And I think they're just really focused on fixing their balance sheet. But um, the engagement that we have uh, continues and we are um, very optimistic that we will get some additional uh, primary production onto the platform in the, in, the, in the coming months as well. Everyone that has had the opportunity to sell through Clara has had a positive experience. And so the feedback um, as, as sellers is as positive as the feedback we're getting uh, from our buyers. So we're very confident that if we can just you know, get, get um, new participants uh, onto the platform, e even on a trial basis, that that will lead to larger commitments. So we continue to be very focused on that. In the meantime, uh, the secondary market um, has, um, it has turned out to be a really interesting near-term opportunity for Clara, so we're we're pushing hard on that too. Okay, so it kind of sounds like the secondary market might actually come to like sort of ramp up for you earlier than the the primary. And and just on that, if, is there any challenges with uh, Providence tracking uh, on the secondary sales? I know that's sort of one of the features of the platform, but I don't know if it would still work in that case. Uh, no, so we, as part of our commitment on Clara, all of those goods would would need to be certified and and have the you know the proper documentation. Um, 
to offer up to our buyers. Okay, great. Uh, that's uh, that's it for me. Thank you very much. Thanks, Scott. Your next question comes from Paul Zminski from PZDA. Please go ahead. Hi, everyone. Um, I was hoping you can maybe provide some color on the higher-end market, maybe um, give an idea of who's ultimately buying the HB polished diamonds, and then, you know, just maybe some, some views on, on relative pricing in the high-end market, maybe compared to the smaller categories, and just any trends you're seeing in that higher-end uh, polished market, please. Sure, I can start, and then maybe John or others might want to chime in on, on this one too, Paul. I think it's actually um, it's, it's a it's a great question and and something um, that I, I I think a real benefit to how we're we're now selling our our larger diamonds and that we've got this committed um, uh, supply agreement with HB and we're both aligned and, and committed to maximizing the value of uh, those polished diamonds so. You know what we're seeing is that HB is is working very closely with uh, specific brands that they've built relationships with over a long period of time. So uh, those diamonds are really being fed into um, that uh, sort of existing demand that's been identified through those relationships, and that's the main the, the main kind of targeted avenue. I think for the very the very large high value um, diamonds, we we have seen weakness in those prices. And Paul, you've you've noted and you would have seen from some recent sort of auctions of large high value polished uh, that those those prices um, have not been super strong. So that is one of the, the strong rationales for for, for selling our large high value diamonds through this committed sales channel with HB because we can be much more deliberate about where those diamonds go and we are definitely not selling those diamonds at, at any kind of a discount. So we, we really are working to support the prices of the largest highest value portion of our production profile um, by selling them through these, these committed sales channels. Does that make some sense so we, we have we i guess in short the very large high value diamonds um have you know seen some weakness um uh, but uh the vast majority of of the diamonds that we're selling through hb are commanding um you know strong pricing by virtue of these relationships and commitments that they have and as a result, we feel that we've really uh, achieved um, and, and protected prices for our, our large high-value diamonds through this arrangement. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Your next question comes from Daniel McConvey from Rossport Investment. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Congratulations, another good quarter. Um, the question I have is just on, on the, the theme of the day and that shortages, and uh, it doesn't sound like you've been impacted too much, and you just, you just described some cost increases. That, but just in terms of getting people and supplies, um, et cetera, and with the underground expansion, any, any, um, any signs of, 
of of shortages and along the supply plane, along the supply chain for both the operations and for the uh, underground construction. Sure, John. Do you want to chime in on 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 that one? Sure. Um, yeah, thanks for the question. We haven't seen any um, issues within the supply chain for both the the open pit and the underground operation. What we um, have done with the underground is the, you know, most of the the materials that have been um, purchased, procured, or manufactured are uh, on their way to site. Um, so they're actually not sitting outside of Botswana. Our goal has been to get them into into country as soon as possible and, and to site. And so far, we haven't had any significant issues within the supply chain and, the, and no real issues of getting um, the required people into country to assist with the project. Okay. Okay. So all, all the skills that you need are, are coming. Yeah, there's um, – recall that, you know, Botswana has a pretty long and rich uh, history of, of mining both open pit and underground. Um, and part of the our intent is to ensure that we're not entirely beholden to expatriate labor for the underground, and we've done quite there, well there with cooperation of our major contractors. Um, and that those skill sets that um, aren't readily readily available in Botswana, we've been able to get uh, those into the country with the appropriate work and residency permits without any without any great issues. So there's no real concerns at the moment uh, on that side of things. Okay, and I guess some of this is because there is some latent capacity in Botswana. This is a result of where the mining industry stands. Is that is that fair or not? I, I don't know about there is there is some capacity there. It's it's whether they have the the, the skill sets required. You know, the bulk the activity that requires the the specialized skill set at the moment is obviously in the in the shaft sinking. Um, we have a training program in place that is bringing uh, citizens along to to have them participate in that shaft sinking exercise and uh, the split there is um, that's where the bulk of the expatriate labor sits and there the percentage wise in terms of bodies right now is about 50 50 so it's uh, there's a very healthy proportion of, uh, of citizens involved in the project for the shaft sinking component and um, obviously in the civils the civil work okay great thanks John. Daniel I think it's important to point out that 90% um, of our workforce, um, certainly for the operations, are citizens of Botswana, um, including our entire leadership there. That's one of the reasons that we were able to operate um, as consistently as we did during the pandemic, uh, because we are not reliant on expat labor. Thanks for that, Zora. That certainly helps. Okay, great. Thanks again. Your next question comes from Oliver Grucock from Berenberg. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you. Should we expect receivables unwind in Q4? And while the HB agreement continues, what would you say is a sensible receivables number? Thanks. Hi, Oliver. Um, thanks for the question. Um, you are correct um, that we did have a sizable receivables number um, at the end of September. Uh, it's close to $40 million. Uh, that's a function of a very strong diamond market, a high recovery of specials, um, and the top-up payments that we are receiving. Um, in terms of an unwind, um, I, I would think potentially I mean, the majority of that receivable has been collected 
subsequent to quarter end. Um, but depending on what our recoveries look like in the next uh, few weeks, um, it could could potentially remain high depending on the timing um, of those recoveries and the valuations by HB. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press star followed by one. There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed. Okay, well, we'll, we'll wrap it up here then. Thank you very much for um, all of your participation in, in the call today. And uh, we, we look forward to uh, uh, continued you know, strength in the diamond market. We are anticipating a, a strong holiday season going forward. Uh, I think which which bodes well bodes well uh, for Q4 and um, really just stay tuned um, and we look forward to speaking to you then. Thanks very much. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating. Nasty, please dis disconnect your lines. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.